she did say that if we ever met again, then that would be it, the universe. Yeah, yeah, the universe would be pushing us together. Not half an hour later, they're both back at serendipity again. What a serendipitous moment. Right? See, and in that moment, I'd be like, okay, yeah, like, I get it. It's meant to be. Call your boyfriend. Listen, I saw a guy <laughs> twice in a coffee shop. It's, that's a sign. <laughs> We're done here. <laughs> yes. No, 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 no. Welcome to the Rom-Com Rewind Podcast. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Devin. And like you, I love rewatching movies over and over again. And if you are joining us here, you probably love romantic comedies. We do as well. So this is a show where we rewatch rom-coms, break them down a bit for you, maybe take a peek behind the curtain, dig beneath the surface, and decide, does it still hold up? Today we have Serendipity. Serendipity. And before we get started, if you are listening to us on Spotify, make sure you subscribe so you're updated on new episodes. Apple Podcasts, you can follow us there. I think I switched those around. You subscribe on Apple Podcasts, you follow on Spotify, and also leave a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on TikTok and Instagram at Romcom Rewind. We got a uh, we've been getting so many messages. Thank you so much. We respond to literally every single person uh, with your thoughts, feedback, suggestions. We love that. Allison messaged us uh, asking a few different questions, but she said, "Devin, how do I get my husband to watch romcoms? I'll take any <laughs> suggestions." You know what? This is a common question. Allison. It's a good question. It is a good question. I have a few thoughts, and we can go over that right now before we dive into this podcast of serendipity. So first of all, what you need to understand about men is that we are creatures of habit. <laughs> so you want to frame details around the movie. If, if you're trying to get your guy to watch a movie, frame details about the movie around things that he knows. You know, like no strings attached, for example. That is not a movie about Ashton Kutcher and Natalie Portman. Who is it? It's Kelso from that 70s show, <laughs> and it's Queen Amidala from oh Star Wars, God. okay? <laughs> or like or like Crazy Stupid Love. Like, hey, remember that girl from Easy A and Zombieland? Yeah, she's in that, and she's in that with Michael Scott from The Office. That's how you frame things. Um, also, keep the story very, very vague, and just keep it to moments that you think we would enjoy. You know, what's Crazy Stupid Love about? I don't really know, but I'm pretty sure Ryan Gosling punches Kevin Bacon in the face. Hey! No, my God, I can get invested in that. Um, what to expect when you're expecting sounds horrible, right? No, no, no. I was no. going to say, no, that's no. a hard one to sell. Here's how you sell it. Okay. Dennis Quaid yeah. goes on a car chase through a oh golf course God. and ends up flying through a Margaritaville <laughs> into a pool. That actually does make the movie sound <laughs> really good. That's all you got to do. Just frame it around one interesting moment to a male, and then they don't realize all the rest of the movie. Yeah, kind of make it look like it's a, a man's man movie or like an action mo movie. Yeah. And you, you've sold them, you know? You've made it worth their while. Yeah, yeah. I like that. So, so those are just a few easy suggestions. Yeah, I really have to say you did a really good job with what to expect when you're... I'm like, how is he going to do this? This is <laughs> literally about this? having a baby. All of them. The whole entire movie. There's even a dad's club. A dude's club. The, the dude's club. Like, there's hey, you know no what? way that he can change this into something <laughs> that men would want to watch. And you did. Good job. You're welcome. Serendipity, though. This was actually supposed to be the Family Stone because we were doing Request Month. And we realized uh, the Family Stone, I've actually never watched it before. Me neither. It's a holiday movie. It is. So we will save it for the holiday season. Yeah, we will do it. Absolutely. Felt a little weird doing it right now. So we had also gotten a lot of uh, requests for Serendipity. Tons. So we decided yeah, to do that tons. one. Um, it's a 2001 romantic comedy directed by Peter Chelson. 
grossed $77 million. I adored this movie when I first watched it. It's the serendipitous story. Wow, that's a word. That's one of the words that John Cusack uses in the movie, and it always kind of stuck with me. Okay. It's like the serendipity or serendipitiousness of blah, blah, blah. I love it. Um, it is called Serendipity, though. It's a story about Jonathan Traeger and Sarah Thomas. Jonathan Traeger is John Cusack. Uh, Sarah, uh, Sarah Thomas is Kate Beckinsale. And it starts five days before Christmas. We're in New York City. We were at Bloomingdale's. And there is one pair of these nice black silk gloves and two hands grab the gloves. They they each gl- grab one of the pair of gloves. And we have a really sweet meet cute between Sarah Thomas, Jonathan Traeger. And without giving away too much, uh, they're both already in uh, relationships. And the moral of the story is that John really wants to get Sarah's number so that, hey, in the event that the current relationships run their course... Uh, how do I how do I get a hold of you? Yeah, you're, I, I, you're second best. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, the fact you're my that backup plan. The, I don't think she's the backup plan. I think no, he's I, realizing the actual girl that that's not the one. Completely agree. And yes. I sat there thinking about that for a while. I was like, is she the backup plan or is she the first one? And he's gonna go home once he has her number and break up with his other girlfriend and try and call her. Break up yeah. With the, yeah. Yeah. That's what I was thinking too. Um. Regardless, though, Sarah Thomas says no. She believes in the cosmic fate of the universe and decides after, you know, uh, a really sweet, you know, 20 first minutes of the movie, they decide, okay, if destiny wants us to be together, we're going to get, we're going to let destiny decide by writing Jonathan's phone number on a $5 bill and writing Sarah's phone number on the inside of a used book. Love in the time of cholera. Yeah. And th- and that's it. If these two items find it back to the people they're supposed to find, um, then then you each have each other's phone numbers <laughs> and full names. Because at this point, he doesn't even know Sarah's name. Yeah, yeah. She gets in the elevator. She says, "My name's Sarah," and that's it. That's all he knows about her. Is that how my name? You would say my name if you were British. If I'm you were sorry. Kate Beckinsale pretending or- to be a Sarah. Right. Yeah. Okay. I'm Sarah. <laughs> yeah. It's Sarah. My name's Sarah. Okay, okay. What are your thoughts on this movie? Oh, I'm sorry. Tell you what, buy me a cup of coffee there, yours. You really think I'm that easy? Do you believe in fate? I never thought about it. Will you get me your phone number? Don't think about it. Just say the first thing that pops into your head. You have beautiful eyes. Second thing that pops into your head. You have beautiful eyes. Come on now, stop it. Is this a date yet? Just checking. Favorite movie? The correct answer is Cool Hand Luke. Favorite sexual position? Favorite New York moment? This one's climbing the charts. I'm flattered. Maybe you should give me your phone number. That was an accident. There are no accidents. This is wrong! You don't have the most incredible night of your life and then leave it all to chance, do you? See this book? I do. Tonight when I get home, I'm gonna write my name and number inside it, and then first thing tomorrow morning, I'm gonna sell it to a used bookstore. What happens if I meet somebody before I find it? You won't. That's just crazy. Hey. The movie's good. Sarah. Um, I this is the second time I've seen it. I um the first was a really, really long time ago. Um I didn't remember any of it. Just bits and pieces here and there. Um uh, it's a good movie. Not tons of comedy, more of a romantic movie, but overall good. 
Um, I like that they made the movie around fate and destiny and that the university has a, that the universe has a plan. Cause I, I can't think of a movie that would do that off the top of my head again. Like this is really the only movie that has this. Um, I don't know if it's all true, but I like to think that it is, you know, do you, <laughs> do you Devin, um, believe or fate in fate or destiny? I believe in a little bit. Okay. I, I believe in it. Like you still need to, she's in the wrong cause she's just like way out to lunch with right. it. But I think you create your own destiny and you know, fate sometimes throws you opportunities. Mm. You still need to grab it though. She's right. just going to let him walk out of her life. Fate was putting him there for you. Yes. Yeah. And I think she, she as the character reads a lot into the signs. So for example, she ends up writing her name down on a piece of paper and gives it to Jonathan. Jonathan grabs it, but just at that same point, a, a, I think it was a garbage truck drives by yeah. and causes you know all this wind and it blows out of her hand. She starts walking away. She's like, "I'm done." That was that was the universe telling me, "Nope, this isn't mm-hmm. working out. We're not going to happen." And it's just like you're going to walk away from something that could be potentially be so good just because it blew out of his like. There's so many other elements that could be at play. I mean, I'll be honest. The the wind blowing it out of his hand, I thought, oh, I don't know about that right really? there. Really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. I, I think we can make our own luck and destiny and fate. I, I don't think we should let it run our lives. I think she does just let fate or destiny guide her. And I think at times that can be destructive. So the movie opens up five days till Christmas. Like I said, it's Bloomingdale's. And we have the meet cute. Yes, yeah, that's actually my best scene. It's right off the bat. So we have Sarah Thomas mm-hmm. and Jonathan Traeger both reaching for the same pair of gloves. And that that's just how the meet cute starts. They both like grab one half of the gloves and try to walk away. But it, it was a really interesting meet cute because they, they can't decide who gets them, so they put them back on the shelf, and immediately some random man. Right. Classic New York City is just like, well, these gloves are here, so they're mine now. And they're like, no, 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 we're talking about it. And he's like, well, you can continue talking about it long after I have purchased them. Um, and then they had to like spin this web of a strange story to convince him not to buy them. Yes. Yeah. And you know what? I think the writing in that scene was really, really well done because you truly believed them when they were talking to this man that they really needed these gloves. They needed them and that he ended up saying, okay, he put them back and they were able to buy them. It was kind of like, a, I don't need this anymore. Yeah. You yeah. Guys are weird. You convinced me <laughs> this is a weird. She brings them out to coffee. Yes, they're at Serendipity 3, the restaurant. Yes. And they're having a frozen hot chocolate, which they're famous for. And um, at this point, Sarah still hasn't told him her name. Yeah, we have no idea who Sarah is. She knows who he is. I like that scene, too, because I I like movies that, man, maybe this is cheap comedy, but I like when they say the name of the movie in the movie. Like, in Definitely Maybe, when Isla Fisher's Mm. character responds to Ryan uh, Reynolds and says, definitely, maybe. maybe. And you're like, oh my God, there it is. She says, like, it, the coffee shop is serendipity. And she literally defines serendipity. Like, don't you love it? It's it's a happy accident. It's what her a, favorite word. What a fun word to say. And I remember watching saying, I do like saying serendipity <laughs> too. That is, it's kind of fun. Yeah. It is a cool word. Yeah. And yeah, so then he asks her for her number. And so that if life happens, that he can call her again. Um, and so we kind of just, we, we had briefly touched on that already, but, um, I kind of find that weird that you'd, that he would ask her for her number after meeting for 
I think it was like just after the coffee thing. And she says no. But I just, I don't know if I would ask somebody for their number. Do you number. find it weird? When I'm already with someone? What if you're in a relationship and you know this this isn't the one and you meet this person? Wow. Oh, my God. They could be the one. Even though you're already in a relationship. Oh, I, I'd throw my number out there for is sure. It, is it crazy to say that if we met again, then it would be meant to be? Whoa, that's crazy that I think that. Wait, what, what do you mean? That you wouldn't ask for their number, but if you were to meet them again or see them again, then that would be meant to be. Is that how you feel about it? Whoa, I think so. That, I love how you're like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> <Are> you, <laughs> you're really funny right now. Because <laughs> I would feel like I would feel bad. Like I'm with someone. Well... Jonathan didn't feel very bad about it. He no, he to did get not. Her phone number. He did not feel bad about it at all. And then Sarah cuts it. She says, "Nope, it's fine." Gets in a cab, goes away. She forgets the gloves. Yes, and he forgets his scarf. She did say that if we ever met again, then that would be it, the universe. Yeah, yeah, the universe would be pushing us together. Not half an hour later, they're both back at serendipity again. What a serendipitous moment! Right. See, and in that moment, I'd be like, "Okay, yeah, like I get it." It's meant to be. You call your boyfriend. Listen, I saw a guy <laughs> twice in a coffee shop. It's, that's a sign. <laughs> We're done here. <laughs> yes. Explain that? No, no, yeah. no, no. <laughs> it wouldn't be that easy. But at that point, I think like having a, such a good time with them. And I think in, you realize that you're not meant to be with that person who you are currently with. So w- you'd end it. And then if if it just happened that you saw each other again, then you could try Try something with them. Well, I've got a question. Have they technically gone on two dates at this point? Because they go on kind of, a yeah. date at the coffee shop, and then they're just like, yeah, let's go for a skate. What? I know. <laughs> but I liked it, though. I know, me too. I thought it was really cute. It's really sweet. It was a long meet cute. The longest meet cute ever. And then we have Sarah Thomas's grand strange plan. Oh, yes. Okay, so let's talk about that. Oh, no, wait. Can we talk about in the skating area? Yeah. Um, I think this is really romantic. Um, I think stars in the sky, I don't know. I just, I've always found them so cool and mysterious almost. Stars. Yeah. I just, okay. they're beautiful. And I just thought this was ro- really romantic when Jonathan is talking to Sarah and, um, sees a freckle on freckles on her arm and starts saying how they're in the exact same shape as Cassiopeia, the Cassiopeia constellation, and then goes in depth about the story about the constellation and Cassiopeia. Alright, here's the story. A long time ago, in Ethiopia, there was this queen named Cassiopeia who thought she was the most beautiful woman in the entire world, and there wasn't anybody in the kingdom who wasn't offended by this woman's relentless vanity. And one day she really screwed up and offended the gods. I don't remember what she did, and I don't remember who she offended, but it was bad. She crossed the line. (laughs) But anyway, Poseidon, the sea god, punished Cassiopeia by placing her in the heavens upside down in her throne, stuck for eternity with her skirt around her shoulders and all the blood rushing to her head. And now she's just a constellation in the sky, a bunch of English freckles in the shape of a throne. I just thought it was really, really cool. And kind of romantic. Like, I've never seen that in another rom-com before. Where they do a constellation on somebody's... Well, that, but also just, like, <laughs> the stars in general. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, not your favorite part. I was going to ask you if you had a favorite constellation. 
Really? Because I have a favorite constellation. Do you actually? I do. Can I tell you how many constellations I know off the Is top? Is it the my- Big Dipper and the Little Dipper? The Big Dipper, Little Dipper, and Cassiopeia only because of this movie. <laughs> Stop. I know there are other ones like Polaris or yeah, I think there's like a the North Star. There's like a lion or a giraffe up there. I don't know. There's them. I don't I don't know if there's I know there's a lion. That's a Leo. You're a Leo. Yeah. Okay. So you don't have a favorite. You have one. a favorite constellation. I do because. It's really easy to see in the night sky. Um, it's not the North Star. Um, and I just think it's really cool. I've always liked it. Um, I really Dipper. like... No, it's not no. the Big Dipper. It's <laughs> Orion's Belt. Like Orion. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't know. I just... I've I've always liked it. Because it's so easy to see. You don't have to like... You can see it with the naked eye. Like you could look up in the yeah. sky and just see it. And I just... There's always just something cool about it. Same with the Big Dipper. You, classics I are always, classics for a reason, Sarah. Classics are classic <laughs> for a reason. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> and then, okay, so then Sarah yes. brings us to... It's kind of strange. So they decide we're going to put these two items out into the world. The $5 bill that has Jonathan Traeger's phone number on In it. New York City. And then she writes her phone number in this book. Right. But then here's the thing. So then Jonathan doesn't like this plan. He's like, no, no, no. There's, There's got to be another way to test destiny. Which is like such a man thing. Like, wants it now. Well, yeah. I'm not going <laughs> to allow this. Because he knows the probability of finding these things oh, is ridiculous. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. We need a better sample size here. Let's test destiny a few times see what, to see what happens. And... And here's my question about this movie. Yeah. Is Destiny trying to get them together or is Destiny trying to pull them apart? Oh. Because the next idea Sarah has Mm -hmm. is let's go to this hotel. Yes. The Waldorf Astoria, right? Mm -hmm. And we're both going to go in separate elevators. Don't tell each other what floor we're going to pick. Just pick a floor. They both pick the 23rd floor. Yes. I would say that is Destiny saying, yeah, smack them together. Let's do this. Let's I make this relationship completely happen. agree. And then Destiny also throws a curveball and throws that kid in the elevator because then a kid goes into Jonathan's elevator. And here it is. See, you were right. Uh, Go, buddy. We are, we're going up here. Oh, that's okay. Josh likes to ride either way. Don't you, Josh? <laughs> It hits all the goddamn Don't do buttons. That. Yeah, Don't Actually, in that moment, I was like, rage. Oh. There was so much rage. I was like, handle oh my your child. God. You're going to have to stop at every single floor. Like, this is awful. This is terrible. I think there's certain things that it's not always going to be a straight path. Like, it's not always going to be easy. So you have to be able to jump over or through the obstacles that are in the way in order to get what you want. Like, it's kind of like. Um, it's gonna sound really nerdy, but like goal setting, you know? Oh like, my god, are you serious? No, right no, no, now? But you're like, bringing goals. <laughs> no, but like, I'm trying to think of like something that. Welcome to the Zoom meeting, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> where we will be talking about uh, objectives, goal setting, <laughs> and quantifiable no. uh, success plans. But what I mean is like, everything's not going to be easy because if it was, then like we would all be, we would all be living in luxury. So, okay. I don't know how yeah. to explain. I don't know how to explain it. Fate like, can't make it easy all the time. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Like, there has to be some obstacles that you have to overcome in order to get what you want. So I would say there's two sides to this. It's fate trying to drive them together, right? And I think there's some malevolent force trying to drive them apart because there's a malevolent force now. Okay. What costume was that kid wearing? Oh, the devil. He was the devil. Oh, whoa. Whoa, think about it, Sarah. Whoa. Think about it. Whoa. <laughs> whoa. 
Isn't that this just went like a hundred times deeper? Yeah, I know, right? Wow. I think that kid is the manifestation We're of digging to the core the of it, and he's trying to split them apart because he knows that fate wants them together. I think that's how it all plays out. Oh my! You've just solved the entire solved movie. The, movie. the devil hates and you, this John has Kuchak. been and this has been wrong. <laughs> so then, how much time passes? Obviously, they don't meet up at the twenty third floor. So Sarah thinks destiny hates. Me. Right? Yeah, and you know what? She was patient. She waited she for waited a good for while. A while. There were a few tears coming down. There was. She was emotional about it. So then, how much time goes by? Five years. So. This is in my quick facts, okay. but um, I've read both. It's So it's five or seven years. Oh, do they not say in the movie? They so, just, a time has passed? Kind of, yeah. Like So I, I originally read that it was five years, but then um, in the movie when they're talking about living with um, her old roommate. Um, Mignon. Mignon, yes. Um, if you look at the time span for that, it's seven years. So oh, I don't know, but around that, five to five seven years. Five to seven years, years go yeah. by. Jonathan Traeger is still living in New York City, and he's engaged to Hallie. Hallie. Yes. Sarah Thomas living in, I believe, L.A., and she is dating and soon to be engaged to this guy, Lars. Yeah. Who's a... Um, a musician. Yeah, he's like a... A flute player. No, he, it's not a flute, but he's I'm... He's like a South Asian... <laughs> uh, like, that, that. that's the type of music he plays, right? Okay. He, he's, he's an eclectic, enigmatic... Eclectic yeah. character, right? I, I think... I can't see him and Sarah together. <laughs> no. <laughs> that helps. Like, they're just very... I li- I would like to know how she ended up with him because just cosmically, I don't think the universe would pull them together. It might have been a convenience but for I her. But I think there was uh, maybe a, a piece that she was in touch with her spirituality, maybe? And that, that was a Maybe, maybe. But Jonathan is about to get married to Hallie. Hallie, yes, yes. I think it's like the week leading up to their wedding. And this is kind of the driving force of the movie. You know, all this time has gone by. And he's at a a driving range. And somebody calls out this name, Sarah. And she's she's English. And then he's somewhere else and somebody else is named Sarah. They're having a dinner. And that's kind of when we find out that he's he's getting married to Hallie. There's a dinner. And on his walk home that night, there's a man selling books on the street. And he stops to take a look to see if the book is there. And of course it is. There's no name in it. Um, And he basically has gone to every bookstore. Would you do that? Like, do you think that it's all right that he still does this? He's engaged to somebody else. He's in love with with someone else. Is that holding? Is this whole cosmic possibility or opportunity holding him back from moving on completely? Yes. Okay. I also I agree because I think there's just that little piece of hope in the back of his mind that if he finds that book, then that's the universe telling him that it's not Hallie, it's this girl Sarah and. The universe is telling them that, like, now is the time. Yeah. I was going to say this off the top, but I think this movie hits a little bit different watching it again. Like, I watched it probably in my late teens, early 20s for the first time, and I thought, wow. like It was like the whimsy Mm. of this movie really caught me. Wow, what a a magical story. How serendipitous. Now I watch this uh, (laughs) a little bit older, and I think... Well, they're just emotionally cheating on everybody around them. <laughs> yes. Is that bad that I'm like, hey, you know what? Sarah Thomas, sure, she's not supposed to end up with Lars. And I don't think Lars is too upset with it. He's very sp- yeah. free-spirited. But I think about Hallie. And yes. I think about Jonathan Traeger. He's emotionally cheating. Yeah. And, and, I, and has he been the whole time? I think so. I still love the movie. 
I still love how it all worked out. I'm happy that he, spoiler alert, ends up with Sarah Thomas. <laughs> but yeah, there was just a piece of me that's like, oh, poor Hallie. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's that sucks. Yeah, and you know what? I also liked that Hallie was a night like a good character. Like she was going to invite these it. two, like yeah. you know, Eve and this random woman to her wedding the next day, yeah. and it it was just she was always in the dark. This entire movie, Hallie was in the dark the entire time. And so on the flip side of this, so at the same time that Jonathan is telling his best friend about this girl named Sarah and blah, 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 Sarah gets home and finds rose petals on the floor and a big gift within a gift within a gift and candles lit and she goes through the boxes and it's a ring box and there's no ring in it. But there's Lars saying, um, you have to say yes first before you get the ring. And of course... She says yes, but the ring doesn't fit. And this is where I think the cosmic dun, universe dun, dun. starts it up again with Sarah. I think this is the first time when she starts to see this cosmic pull again where the ring doesn't fit. And Lars even calls it out and says, Sarah, don't read into this. We'll get it resized. And she kind of just looks at it. She's kind of excited. But I think there's a piece of her that knows it's not the right fit. Get what I did there? Get wow. it? Get it? Oh. Wow. But also somebody comments that they're like, oh, didn't you want like a a rounded ring yes. or something like that? Yes, a princess ring... cut. Like, didn't you want that? Yes. And she's like, oh, like, I guess so. I don't know. That was when I was younger. Like, I have no idea what I want now. And then on, on the other side, back to Jonathan, he's getting ready for his wedding day, which again is in a few days. And which is horrible. Yeah. So he sees the Sarah's and the, and the, even the Bloomingdale's bag um, with the one glove in it. And he finds this receipt. And this is when he goes on a goose chase. Which I actually liked about this movie. I don't, this was cool. Is it like the simplicity of a man that I just like a movie with an objective? Like, yeah, okay, now we're going to go over <laughs> here and we, we got a receipt. Cool. We have a clue. It's a physical thing that I can see. And Do you like a yeah. mystery? I think maybe you like a mystery. Maybe, but I think there's something very, gra- uh, I don't know, gratifying. I kind of thought it was a little creepy. <laughs> what? Well, because I was like, you're going to go and look at her. No, not the first step. The first step when he finds the, the receipt and goes to the the um, Bloomingdale's and that's when Eugene Levy's there. And oh, he, great part he ends Eugene up having Levy. to, oh yeah, I love him. He ends up having to buy the whole spring line in, in Bloomingdale's and, yeah. and then he helps him and then finds out that the account's not there, but that he can go to this warehouse and find a paper receipt, which is wild. Well, a paper application. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it paper would have an address on it, right? Yes, to a Bloomingdale's credit card, which would have an address. That's when I was like, okay, whoa. Really? This is a lot. I yeah. was like, hey, let's keep this train going. Oh and both both Dean and Jonathan were in the same boat. They were like, oh, my God. Okay, here's the next clue. Let's keep on going down I, this path. I did like how they were having lots of fun with it. They were like, oh, my God. Yeah, okay. And then his best friend, too, like was all was ready to go. Like yeah. He was like, yes, let's do this. Oh, my God, we got to find it. And like, they were very goal-oriented. That is for sure. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And uh, Eugene Levy was comically aggravating in the best way possible oh yes he, he you know what who he reminded me of um mr bean in the holiday no not in the holiday sorry in love actually in love actually yes, yes in yes. love so, actually yes well, yes because they're both department store <laughs> yes. yeah and mr bean's like slow so slow he's like putting rose petals in aggravating in a different way um i think they're both they both are having second thoughts who, uh, Jonathan, Jonathan and, Sarah. and Sarah. Absolutely, yes. they're both having second thoughts. You know, he goes to great lengths to find out who she is um, and, and only really to continuously be disappointed. She's taking the weekend from being with Lars 
before he goes before they go on their big tour, tour. and goes to NYC to I think obviously to see if she can find or if the universe pulls them together. That's why she's going to New York. She wants to see if the universe will pull them together again. So they end up Jonathan and Dean and what's Eugene Levy's character's name? No idea. Eugene. It's just Eugene Levy. Eugene Levy. Got to love him. They end up going to this warehouse and they find a bill with an address on it. With an address on it, which is like insane amount of work to do that leading up to this. But yeah, they go in, they go to this address and it's her old roommate's place. Yeah. They, there's a little bit of um, finagling in between, but yeah. And he says that um, the placement agency or whatever is close to Serendipity 3 Cafe. And so they race there. She is there at that time. That's right. So there are a few more cosmic coincidence things. The rest like, of the movie is a whole cosmic coincidence. Well, because before that, she goes to that driving range because somebody hits her with a flyer. Right. And it happens to be the place that uh, he was at hearing the name Sarah. Yes. Who hits her friend. Eve. Her friend gets hit in the head with a golf ball by his father-in-law. Yes. Hallie's dad oh is God. there hitting some golf balls the day before the wedding kind of thing. So yeah, there... There is all this cosmic coincidence that just pops up here and there. So, yeah, they are meant to be together. Yeah, and, like, Eve's not too happy about being there with Sarah to try and find this guy. She's oh, a little bit, like, lunch a, bag let down. That's a BS friend move for Sarah to drag you to New York City. And it's like, what, and are we going to go to the Empire City building? Yeah. It's like, no, we're just going to wander around looking for this man. And pretend that it was, like, a birthday gift when really was it? No, not really. And, I mean, she ends up getting on board, which is really nice. you got to have a BFF. Um, but you know what? Something significant happens in that scene at Serendipity Cafe. Cause oh, so, tell so me. Jonathan Traeger is ready to give up his journey because replaced by that roommate service thing is now a bridal store. Yes, and he sees it as a sign that he should marry Hallie. Yeah. Meanwhile, at the exact same moment, Eve is in that coffee oh, shop. That's right. Paying for their drinks. Yes. And she is given... The five the five dollar bill. bill with Jonathan Traeger's phone number on it. Yeah, and nobody notices. No, Sarah doesn't notice. Eve doesn't notice that there's a phone number on it. They just—they're both crazily looking for each other without knowing the other is looking for them, which is kind of cool. I like that piece. That's really neat. Um, but yeah, Dean says that if Sarah were here right now, what would she tell him? She would tell Jonathan to run to to the Waldorf, and then Jonathan says maybe he was never supposed to know who she was at all. And then that's kind of when he's like, you know what, I'm just going to give up, go see Hallie and kind of move on or try to. There's both. They both kind of have that moment where they both do try to kind of move on. But the, the universe keeps pulling them together. I thought this was just too crazy that that Eve and Hallie knew each other and they run each run into each other at the Waldorf Astoria getting out of the elevator. And she's like, oh my God, yeah, I'm getting married. And it's like, oh my God, yeah, you're getting married to the Jonathan. To the Jonathan. And she's like, do you want to come to the rehearsal? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, no way. There's no way. What? So the messed up thing about this is that Sarah meets Jonathan's fiance before she sees Jonathan again. Yes. Having no idea I didn't think about that. that this is his fiance. Yeah. Hallie knows something's up with Jonathan, talks to Jonathan, gives him his groom's gift, which... What's this? What do you think? It's a traditional groom's gift. I got yours and I forgot to bring it. I know. It's okay. I'll open it. Is the book the it's a first edition? Book. And 
that every time I go into a bookstore, you're always flipping through it. And I checked this week, you don't even have a copy. There's Sarah Thomas and a phone number. And he is like, this is the sign. Like, I have finally found it. Jonathan and Dean, they're figuring out where this phone number is, and they decide we got to get on a flight. We got to fly to, I'm assuming, hours away to see Sarah. Yes, to go to her, because he works, um, because Dean works for the New York Times, he calls in a favor to find out where she lives, yeah. um, which I, I feel like that's not a real thing. Um, <laughs> and uh, they go to Sarah's house and they find her sister banging, banging her husband yeah. or her boyfriend, but he thinks that it's her. So he leaves and realizes in that moment that the fact that he did that, like the realization, which I mean, I don't know how long, like why it took him so long to realize this, but he, that he, in fact, is not in love with Hallie and shouldn't be with Hallie. Well, th- there's a few moments leading up to that that, yeah, it speaks to the you should break off, break it off with Hallie. Because when they're in the plane, yeah. Dean reveals to Jonathan <gasps> right. that his relationship is over. He's the, like, they're not living together anymore. Right. And Jonathan says... You know, how's that possible? You guys seem great. And and Dean says, you know, it's because we didn't we didn't have enough of this. You know, there wasn't any passion. The the relationship just died. It's it's dead because we didn't Yeah. You know, we, we didn't want it enough or whatever it is. We let it slip away, you know? That's the point. It you know, it died. We died. What was the cause of death? Not enough of all of this, of this, of this. And not enough. So then Jonathan is kind of ending his journey and they're laying down. Dean says, maybe you're laying here because mm-hmm. you don't want to be standing somewhere else. Oh, yeah. That that was a good line. It's a great line. I was like, whoa, this is good. Ah, yeah. Jeremy Piven. Th- there's a few lines in this movie that he delivers so authentically. I loved his character. And then, you know, all of the signs, they both go to the place where they went skating. But at different times, they were always five five, ten minutes behind each other, you know? So what happens is that Jonathan, I guess, goes back to New York City, calls it off with Hallie. Yeah. Meanwhile, Sarah was getting on a flight. Yes. And she realizes, oh my God, I accidentally swapped wallets with friggin' Eve. Prado. And yeah, it's a Prado <laughs> bag, and she's trying to get headphones for the flight, and she hands them a $5 bill. The same $5 bill that Eve got in Serendipity 3, the coffee shop, mm-hmm. the one that has Jonathan Traeger's phone number on it. Yes. She had the 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 bill yes. in her possession. Yes. Thank you very much. Thank you. Oh, sorry, excuse me. Uh, not this gentleman's change. Jonathan. Excuse me, I'm just... Jonathan. And of course she grabs it back sorry, from the chick, realizing what it is. She understands now. She, she goes to his apartment. Yep. And some people say, oh, my God, you're going to miss the wedding. It's happening right this second. She drives back down to the Waldorf Astoria to find out Jonathan called it off in the last moment. Yes. And the man cleaning up says that, oh, you'll get your present back. The wedding was called off this morning. She is ecstatic. Here's something I find interesting. And I, I, I never really wrapped my head around this part of it until I rewatched it again. Because in this moment, Jonathan Traeger is resigned to defeat. Yeah. You know, we as the audience, we see everything that's happening and right. we know that Sarah is right around the next corner because she knows where he lives. She knows he called off the wedding. Yeah. She knows it might be about her. 
So eventually she's going to find him, right? Which is wild that she would think that it's about him because, like, really, they don't even know. They've had no connection for five to seven years. Right. How would she even think that it was remotely about her? Would, would you I know? Believe? Right. You'd have to believe. Yeah. Seeing is believing. Thank you, Santa <laughs> Claus. <laughs> Thank you, Santa Claus with Tim <laughs> Allen. But, you know, seeing oh is God. believing, right? <laughs> My favorite scene comes up here. Okay. It's one of the strangest things I've seen in a romantic comedy. I kind of want more movies to do it because I find it really interesting. Is that Dean writes Jonathan Traeger's obituary. Yes. And it's like an obituary of love. Jonathan Traeger, prominent television producer for ESPN, died last night from complications of losing his soulmate and his fiance. He was 35 years old. Soft-spoken and obsessive, Traeger never looked the part of a hopeless romantic. But in the final days of his life, he revealed an unknown side of his psyche. This hidden quasi-Jungian persona surfaced during the Agatha Christie-like pursuit for his long-reputed soulmate, a woman whom he only spent a few precious hours with. Sadly, the protracted search ended late Saturday night incomplete and utter failure it was really touching even it was i it was it was it was really well written it was was very good extremely well written once again jeremy piven he should be in more i was gonna say he he did have an arc of there there were he did five or six years where he was like in everything like kind of when entourage was was peaking and then coming back down he was seemingly in all kinds of stuff but he delivers the lines in this movie uh, especially the obituary uh, monologue is, I guess, what I'll call it. So well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then where does Jonathan Traeger go? He just wanders off to... The skating. To the skating rink. The yeah. skating, yeah, the skating rink. And he he's sitting on the bench. And at the same time, Sarah's seeing her friend off in a cab and says she's going to try to find him. Eve tells her to put a coat on because it's getting so cold. She realizes that she forgot it at the skating park. And... Jonathan is sitting at that park at that bench and pulls the jacket from beside the bench. It was just like, I loved how it was all happening at the same time. He's in the park in the middle of the skating area and then it starts to snow. Do you think it's snowing because that's when they first met? Do you think that's why they... Oh, maybe. Yeah, I like that. Because yeah. they, they met in the winter before right. Christmas. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, and then, you know, the the other glove comes down from the sky and it turns out you know he turns around to see sarah standing there and then they just both start crying and they introduce each other and then they kiss that was it was really cute it It, was a good ending it was a really sweet ending it's a movie that wants you to believe in just the magical whimsy of the world right and i think it does do a good job i was gonna say and by the end you do feel oh wow that was what a story what a good story. What a yeah, it's like, you know, it's like Lord it's like Hobbits, you know, it's Lord of the Rings, it's Harry Potter, it's just there's something in the universe that you can't see but you you feel it and it's at work sometimes. This movie feels like that. Yeah, and then it fast forwards um to a year later, they're in a department store making out and uh they're married. And isn't Eugene Levy there? In and the- Eugene, <sighs> their buddy is there. Yep. They're talking about gloves again. Quick facts. The book Love in the Time of Cholera is mentioned in High Fidelity, another John Cusack movie. 
Speaking of repeats in John Cusack movies, in Serendipity, Jonathan tells Sarah that he can make out the constellation Cassiopeia from the freckles on her arm. In 1985's The Sure Thing, John's character points out the constellation Cassiopeia to his love interest, Allison. While the movie was on location in New York City, production posted the following note on the trailer to stop curious people passing by from asking questions. Yes, we are filming a movie. It is called Serendipity. It stars John Cusack and some girl from Britain that you wouldn't know, even if we told you her name. We will be shooting tonight until mid-morning. Please don't ask the crew any question. Even if they don't look like they're working, they are thinking. I thought that was so good. I loved that. Kate Beckinsale and Molly Shannon refused to use stunt doubles. They did all of their own stunts. What stunts are they doing in this movie? So that is a question that I had for myself. I don't know. Perhaps Mo- Molly Shannon gets fake hit in the oh, back of the head Oh, she does. You know ball. what? I think that's probably it. I'm trying to think of what Kate, Kate Beckinsale did that would have warranted um, a, stunt, a double. stunt double. So let's let's ponder that one. Yeah. The table where Sarah and Jonathan drink their famous frozen hot chocolate has been called the Star Table at the Serendipity Restaurant ever since the movie was released. Wait, so the Serendipity Restaurant really exists? Yeah, so, yeah, like I said, sorry, I, Serendipity 3 Restaurant. Okay. Um, yes, it does. The restaurant Serendipity 3 um, was actually popular before the movie was filmed there. After the movie's release, it did see an increase in visitors wanting to sit at the Star Table where the actors had sat, um, but it was it's it's been popular since it's opened in 1954. Wow. Andy Warhol to Sal- Salvador Dali, um, they've been there, and two other movies were shot there, 1996 uh, One Fine Day and 2006 Trust the Man. Stars are seen in the Manhattan sky at night. However, New York produces so much light that stars are invisible. And and I did think that when I was watching it, I said, oh, there's no way that they'd be able to see those stars. Right. A 12 to 15 year gap was originally intended for the time between when Jonathan and Sarah first met and their eventual reunion. The characters were initially written as early 20s, but test audiences didn't believe that Kate and John were youthful enough to pull it off. And the script was rewritten to make the gap only five years. So like I said earlier, I have read that it was also a seven year gap. So I'm going to say between five and seven years. (laughs) During the entire production of the movie, John and Kate only filmed for a few days together. Wow. Well, that makes sense because the first 15 minutes of the movie is them together and then they literally never see each other again until, until the end. Until the last 30 seconds. Yeah. Which is wild to think about because when you're watching the movie, it doesn't feel that way. Well, the whole premise is them being together, but they're physically not Apart. together. Apart. Yeah, yeah, exactly. As far as weird crossover character arcs, in Serendipity, John Corbett. Um, who plays Lars, and Bridget Moynihan, who plays Hallie, are engaged and later dumped by characters who then end up together. The same thing happens uh, to John and Bridget's characters in HBO's Sex in the City, uh, where John's character was engaged to Carrie and Bridget's was the wife of Mr. Big. I was trying to figure out where I knew her from. Whoa, they were both in Sex in the yes. City? Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, and you know that John was also in um, My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Of course. Yes. Yeah. And uh, To All the Boys. Yeah, he was the father yeah. in To All the Boys. Oh, I love him. <laughs> Serendipity mentions specifically or contains reference to the following movies. Cool Hand Luke, The Godfather Parts 1 and 2, Bridges of Madison County, The Wizard of Oz, Pull Back the Curtain, uh, Peter Pan, Never Never Land, uh, and Star Wars, Obi-Wan Kenobi. In the movie, both main characters, best friends, uh, played by Jeremy Piven and Molly Shannon, say to themselves, they should make pills for this, even though they never, ever met in the movie. 
In 1997's Gross Point Blank, John Cusack and Jeremy Piven co-starred as best friends from high school. They also co-starred together in 1986's One Crazy Summer. John Cusack and Kate Beckinsale only met once before filming. It was when John Cusack was filming High Fidelity and the two met for a couple hours during an audition. And at the time, actually, Kate Beckinsale was um, pregnant. Wow. Yeah. The character Sarah was originally supposed to be American. Kate told The Telegraph um, that she auditioned for the part with an American accent. The director told her to try it with her English accent, and it was decided that they would have the character be English. Kate Beckinsale once recreated Serendipity's elevator scene while she was staying at the Fairmount Royal York Hotel in Toronto in 2018 while she was there for the Toronto Film Festival. She realized that it was the same elevator as in the movie, because this part was filmed in Toronto. She coerced the hotel's porter to play along, and she sort of reenacted the scene with them. She told this story in 2019 uh, to Jimmy Fallon. Wait, so the the Waldorf Astoria, Astoria like the elevator scenes were yeah. shot in Toronto at the Fairmont. Yeah, so parts. Of, so the movie was filmed in uh, New York, New Jersey, and um, in Toronto, Canada. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. There is a Serendipity TV show in the works. In August 2019, it was announced that there was going to be a TV adaptation of the movie developed for NBC. Its premise will follow Harry and Claire, and they fall in love, but they're separated by circumstance and spend years trying to find one another. Hold on. I'm still stuck on the... I- I've stayed at the Fairmont, York, in Toronto. I've been in the elevator. Cool. Maybe I've you've been, been in that in elevator. The elevator. Cool. What? Yeah. That's sick. Yeah. Honorable mentions. We've both done our best scenes. Yes, yeah? we have. Yeah, yeah. Honorable mentions. Like I said, my honorable mentions are the best friends. They're just so good. And I kind of already said it. Like, they're their guides throughout the whole movie. So I think their characters were necessary and uh, they were casted fantastically. I love Molly Shannon. She's so funny. Um, Jeremy Piven's awesome too. I love it. This is great. We're, we're covering off all the characters because my honorable mention is Lars. Oh, okay. John Corbett. So you mentioned off the top that there wasn't a whole lot of comedy in this movie. And I agree, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of a rom-com, it's definitely more rom than com. Yep. He is the most <laughs> hilarious character, though. He is. Specifically, th- there's a scene where she's deciding, hey, maybe I want to be going to New York City. Maybe I need a little bit of a break. He's sitting down with his manager, and they're watching a music oh video. Oh, my God, yes. And the music video is like, there are Vikings. It's, it's uh, awful. It is awful, because there's this army of Vikings coming, and he's playing his flute thing. Yeah. <laughs> And they're talking about how, like, so he's stopping them from invading with the music. Like, don't they want to be happy? It, it looks like it's hurting their eardrums. And the manager's like, no, no, no. Think of it as, like, mystic surrender is the wording he uses. <laughs> mystic surrender. And, and and it's just the most, it's the most self-absorbed, self-involved, hilarious. He, I really enjoy his character. Like, even when he shows up in New York City to see Sarah, she says, wow, like, how did you find me? And he's like, intuition. Oh, my God, I know. And then he's like, actually, I just called every single hotel until I found the one you were staying at. And back to the music video, he's like, I want to be invited for, for the dinner. Yeah. There, and it's like, what? Part of the music video where he just walks away and he's like, why are they letting me walk away? I just saved them. Don't they want Don't they want to do a feast with me or something yeah, like that? Yeah, don't they want to do a feast for me? Like, I, I, I want to talk. I want to... <laughs> Talk to the producer about me being invited to a dinner. And it's like, what are you talking about? Yeah, really, Jeremy Piven's character would be my honorable mention. But Lars, 
I think Jeremy Piven already got gets a lot of credit for yes. what he did because he was amazing. Lars, though, John Corbett <laughs> nailed it. Which brings us to the what should have been. Mm-hmm. I just kind of wish we knew more about them because because we only get to see them the first twenty minutes of them going on this like cosmic universe date, mm-hmm. and then it fast forwards five to seven years, and they're both getting married. We don't know what happened in between that. Like, I just wish we kind of knew a little bit more. Right. My what should have been mm-hmm. is that Lars should end up with somebody. Right. Oh yes. Okay. So mm, yeah. I was thinking who who is he's kinda you know, he's strange, he's spiritual, he's self absorbed, but he probably thinks that he's, you know, making some real serious differences in the world. Who does that feel like? That feels like Jenny from Always Be My Maybe. <gasps> oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I like that. Remember she sleeps with Keanu Reeves yes. just because yeah. She's she just thought it was so interesting. And she's so enamored by Keanu Reeves because why? I don't know. There's some cultural significance to him being a celebrity or That's a good one. She's one of those people who wants to change the world, but she'd prefer to post about changing the world on Facebook rather than actually changing the world. That is very good. Which probably yep. feels sort of Lars-ish. Fits in line with that, absolutely. I was going to say Alduis Snow from oh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. For her? For him. For Oh, okay. Yeah, Alduis Snow. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Okay, you ready to go with rewatchability? I am. My rewatchability is Chemistry 4, Storyline 5, Thirst Factor 3.5, Imagination 5, Soundtrack 2, Cheese 4. Soundtrack 2? Yeah. There were some lovely songs in this. Well, it didn't stick out for me. I can't remember them, but I thought they were nice. For an overall score out of 5 of 3.92. So it's pretty good. My scores are Chemistry 4, Storyline 5, Thirst Factor 3, Imagination 4, Soundtrack 4, Cheese 3 for an overall score extremely close to yours of 3.8. Ooh, okay. Pretty close. Close. So we're on on par with this one. Yeah. So this has been the Rom-Com Rewind of Serendipity. Um, If you liked what you heard, I mean, you made it this far. You might as well subscribe at Apple Podcasts. <laughs> In fact, you're right there. There's a little write a review button just underneath that. Uh, hit that, write a lovely review. Subscribe on or follow us on Spotify. You can also follow us on Instagram and TikTok. And we love to have conversations on there with you and, you know, hear your thoughts and opinions. And yeah. Thanks for listening. 